Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Discover More, where we strive to accelerate the learning process together through intentional dialogues. My name is Benoit. And my name is Aiden. This podcast was built on the foundation of approachable guests, synthesized experiences, and relatable lessons that will help you grow throughout your journey. Thank you for tuning in this week. We hope you enjoy and continue to discover more. Welcome back to another episode of Discover More. This week, we're kicking off a new mini-series that we're really excited to share with you. Since we're now living across the country from one another, we'll be exploring new episode formats outside of our typical long-form interviews. Our objective with these mini-episodes is to unpack one of the main topics that we discussed in the month's interview. One of the big ideas that came up in our last interview with Sasha Liriando was balance. In that episode, we discussed the balance of flavors within food, also known as umami. We were fascinated with this idea, so we wanted to take it a step further and to unpack what balance means to us and how we strive towards it in everyday life. Yeah, Aiden, uh, thanks for the introduction. And yeah, welcome everyone to this first of many to come short form episodes. And we are very excited to launch this series because we do realize and recognize the fact that not everyone is accustomed to an hour and a half episodes that we're usually pumping out every week. And I think it's very important to discuss this topic this week, because I think if one thing that 2020 and the first half of 2021 with COVID pandemic taught us is we need more balance in our lives, whether it's with our mental health, whether it's with our physical health, whether it's with getting your doses of exercise, getting your vitamin Ds, or whether it's with work-life balance, we need balance. And that is the reason why COVID has been such a difficult pandemic, aside from the obvious casualties, aside from the obvious virus aspect. And, but the thing is, balance is very tricky. So we would like to start with the definition of balance. A state in which different things occur in equal or proper amounts. But here's the thing. What does proper mean? And that is the exact tricky thing that we do recognize fully, is that the proper amount of balance looks different to every single person. This is a reason why, whether you're an introvert or an extrovert, whether you're more type A personality based or type B personality based, we all need to fine tune and refine our balancing process differently because once again, the proper means and applies differently to every single person. So ultimately, balance comes down to what you enjoy and what makes you feel well at the end of the day. Definitely. And not only does balance look different to each individual, but I believe that it looks different to each individual at different points in our lives. So maybe we need a different amount of work or play in our life, depending on what's what other things are going on in our lives. I look at balance when it comes to three main pillars, and that's balancing work and play, creation and consumption, and connection and solitude. Right. And I think, as Ben pointed out, these all are different needs for each specific person. But then also within each specific person, they look different based on what's going on. So maybe your boss or company defines work life balance differently than you do. Or perhaps your friends live the rest versus party balance differently than you do. But in either case, it's really people's expectations and other people's opinions that are ultimately the biggest barrier to creating balance within your own life. Now, this idea of expectations is something that I've been thinking a lot about recently. Uh, It was introduced to me by a coach that I just finished working with 
around the idea of society's expectations and how we receive shoulds from the expectations of other people. So in our coaching program, he argues that the word should is the most toxic word in the English dictionary or the English language. And over the last two months, I've recognized this is super true because anytime we use the word should, it's giving our power away to someone externally. Anything that we should do is ultimately an opinion of someone else. It leaves us making decisions based on other people's opinions rather than our own. So what I've learned to do is just replace the word should with want to or don't want to. And I think that creates a recognition of what you truly want to or don't want to do rather than what society is expecting you to do. You know, I think a lot of us, myself included, uh, lives lives of shoulds, you know, what job we should get, where you should move, what age you should do a specific thing. These are all popular shoulds that just come up in everyday life that I think there isn't a lot of recognition around and really transitioning or reframing what we should do into want to or don't want to allows us to gain ownership over our language. And when we have ownership over our language, we subsequently gain ownership over our lives. Yeah, excellent point, Aiden. And as someone who is a mental health advocate and who's someone who is going into the clinical psychotherapy space as we speak, language and the choice of linguistics matter because the limitations of our vocabulary and the limitations of our linguistic choices directly influence the limitations of our perceived world and the limitations of our perceptions of this world. And that is the reason why it's very important to use words carefully because they truly are reflections of our inner realities. As we said before, our inner realities always shape our external realities. So that's an extremely excellent point. And we do need to gain our ownership over language, first and foremost. And with that being said, I'm currently reading Adam Grant's book, Think Again. And in the book, he states that should is when one imposes one's volume judgment system onto the others. For example, oh, Aiden, you should do this. You should do that saying I'm trying to impose what I think is right onto Aiden's actions. Or he states that it's when we are operating in what he calls prosecutor mode. Oh, you should do this, you shouldn't do that. Means I'm trying to prosecute you for your actions based on my value system. So Grant states that prosecutors and lawyers belong strictly in the courts, not in this world, because you don't really gain much by prosecuting the opponents based on your belief systems. Instead, Adam Grant urges the readers to operate more on the curious mode, which means asking more why, asking how. And that is why we want to conclude this episode by establishing and discussing openly how can we collectively and individually create balance in our lives. Yeah, excellent points, Benoit. I think you just pointed out a really interesting idea and almost the ethos of what we're trying to talk about. And it's the fact that balance is created, not found. I think for a while I was thinking about how to find balance, you know, kind of seeking for it in external places. But really, the idea that we'd like to drive home is that it's created through awareness and refinement. So what I mean by that is it's a trial and error process where we try different things and then reflect on how those are impacting how we're feeling and how we're showing up. So for me, I've found through experimentation, sometimes I need to go spend more time with other people. Other times I need to go reflect by myself. Um, sometimes I need to go play a sport because I've been working too much. Or sometimes if I don't feel like doing anything, I'll try and just get the smallest thing done, maybe making my bed or preparing a home-cooked meal. 
but really that process of self-awareness as a forefront, following that awareness with intuitive movement or intuitive action, whether that's work, whether that's play, or even if it's just rest, but really that process of awareness, intuitive movement, and then perpetual refinement. So refinement meaning continuing to reflect and continuing to improve and that this process never, never stops. Right. So creating balance looks different to everybody, but it really comes from that place of awareness, intuition and refinement. Distinguishing the difference between finding and creating is such an important distinguishment aside from what we talked about, the importance of linguistic choices. I think because by using the word choice such as finds, we are tricking ourselves because there is not a magic button you can find. It's not like balance is hidden somewhere in this room for us to discover, right? It's not a Easter egg hunt, but rather it's a cultivated practice, just like anything else in this world. Whether you want to get better at benching, whether you want to get better at going on first dates, whether you want to get better at articulations, public speaking, you can't find articulation. You have to create those through practice. Similarly, I think that's the exact same ethos we want to convey through the distinguishing the difference between finding balance and creating balance is that you have to create it through continuous practice because if you can't find balance in the little things in life how can you possibly find balance when it truly matters when you're dealing with the large crossroads in life when you're dealing with the large responsibilities whether it's promotions whether it's your firstborn whatever the major events may be yeah and what you said really reminds me of a book that i read by Michael Singer called The Untethered Soul. And in it, he describes balance really, really well. He writes, all the great teachings reveal the way of the center, the way of balance. Constantly look to see if that's where you are living or if you are lost in the extremes. The extremes create their opposites. The wise avoid them. Find the balance in the center and you will live in harmony. So what he's arguing there is really to just avoid extreme anything and really to embrace a more holistic, Uh, center-facing approach to whatever it is in life. So if you're trying to train super hard, maybe create balance of, yes, strength training really hard, but also doing yoga to complement those things. Or if you're trying to create something, whether that's a book or a podcast, really giving yourself free time to give space for those new creative ideas to come in, right? You don't need to be working all the time. You don't need to be relaxing all the time, but really creating those balances between work and play or between creation and consumption. I think staying away from either extreme and really trying to focus on the balance of incorporating the benefits of both sides is where the value lies. And two of the, I guess, more tactical approaches that I use to create balance in my own life are moving laterally and creating space. So moving laterally is essentially trying new things or other things that build momentum and confidence that allows you to approach other things in a new way. So say you're trying to write a paper and you have writer's block, but going outside and taking a walk or doing some laundry to then gain momentum and gain confidence in going back to that thing, right? When you disconnect and then reconnect. And this idea really reminds me of some of the work from James Clear. And he writes in his book, Atomic Habits, motivation often comes after starting, not before. Action produces momentum. Certainly been days where I've been depressed and not able to get out of bed, but doing the smallest action, whether that's drinking a cup of water, folding some laundry, 
uh, making my bed, whatever that is, it builds momentum and confidence to then go out and start doing more and more, right? Kind of that snowball effect. So moving laterally, we highly encourage people to think about of what things would I enjoy doing that would then create confidence for me to do other things. And that's something that I've found kind of difficult for myself, just always wanting to stay busy, pack the schedules with new activities, always something to do. But oftentimes that doesn't leave opportunities for new things to come within. So I've intentionally built in periods of time to just do nothing, to see whatever feels right at the time. Or my last vacation, instead of scheduling to-dos of what I should do on that vacation, it was just, we'll wake up and see what the vibe of the day is, see what the day holds ahead. Um, And really just more intuitive action like that has really helped me create space. And I would encourage anyone listening to consider that as well. Yeah, that's an excellent point, Aiden. And an analogy immediately came up to my mind as you were sharing that is the analogy of fueling your car. If you think about when your car is driving in 70, 80 miles speed on the highway, there is no room or space or even opportunity for your car to be refueled. To refuel your car, you literally have to come to a full stop to truly refuel your car so that it comes back to a full gas tank so you can operate faster the next time you get on the highway. If you ever reflect upon your life and whether you're creative or not, doesn't matter what profession you're in, you've never really had an aha moment when you're in a full sprint, whether you're doing Excel sheets, whether you're doing analysis, whether you're doing what, you never have oh, light bulb moment, because you're operating. Those aha moments and what we call light bulb moments, those only come to us during idle moments when we're at rest. And I do think that because we live in a very capitalistic-centric society in America, we like to put productivity and work on a pedestal on repeat. And we are collectively as a society been shunning rest or idleness. And we've been labeling them as unproductive. But I think that is extremely dangerous Because sometimes resting is being productive. Sleeping is being productive, right? Maybe just unplugging from your work and just putting on Netflix and just resting on the couch at that moment, depending on, once again, balancing is tricky because it looks different for everyone. But to you at that moment, if your intuitive whisper is telling you that, hey, you need to rest at this moment, you need to unplug from the world of productivity and just binge Netflix for the next hour or two. That could be perceived as productivity at that very moment. So the only way to tap into your intuition is through trials, as we said in the beginning of this episode. And you also require trust and self-love because if you do not love yourself, how can you trust yourself? And if you don't trust yourself, you will not be able to trust your intuition. So you know we think it's very important to have those two underlying ingredients to you know during this process of refinement process but we do think that every single person and most certainly Aiden and myself have plenty of opportunities to grow to get better at continuing to create the balance that we need in our respective lives excellent point Ben and kind of a great place to close things out I think trust and self-love is at the center of a lot of this creating balance right trusting yourself that what feels right in the moment is what is supposed to happen or is what is most advantageous and kind of honoring whatever your body or mind feels compelled to do in that specific time. So as we're wrapping up, we'd really just love to encourage listeners to trust yourself, love yourself, be yourself, and 
ultimately that's the path to finding balance, which we feel is something that everyone is looking for these days. So it's not something that will be found, but rather balance is something that is created and created from a place of self-trust, self-awareness, and ultimately self-love. And if you were curious or if you liked any of the quotes, any of the resources we share in this episode, as always, they will be included in the show notes below. As always, thank you for discovering more with us this week and hope to see you again next time. Thank you. Thank you for listening to another episode of Discover More. We release a new episode every Monday on Spotify and Apple Podcasts and would really appreciate if you have subscribed and shared this with your friends. We hope you enjoyed this episode and join us next week in the journey of discovering more through intentional dialogues.